0: Language has gone full circle because it started with grunts and incomplete sentences, and then at one point we just had symbols, and now we're back to both of those. But which one is the more annoying one? Same with AJ on VFX. There's a study done that said you shouldn't put emojis in work emails because it makes you look less authoritative no matter what your role is in the company. But the question is, are those tougher to understand and or more annoying than incomplete sentences? Because as I found out not that long ago, as I've started to use more and more emojis, they don't mean what you think they mean. And you can stumble into all sorts of oopsie daisies by just using the wrong one. However, contextually, I feel like you can sort of figure out what emojis are at this point, or at least you know what you use them for. And ideally, the people you communicate with think the same way, right? So that's not too bad. As opposed to, say, you have someone who's still using shorthand or not using punctuation. Like, my father. He actually, I think the biggest thing that he does that annoys, honestly, me and my brother, is he will send a question. It's usually a sports-related question. Like, let's say, uh, Tom Brady unretired? And that's the question, but he doesn't put a question mark, so it just says Tom Brady unretired. Which is annoying because we all get sports notifications and we get it and we're like, yeah. I th- yeah are you asking? What, what? No punctuation. No capitals. He'll use shorthand as well. He, he'll, he won't. He doesn't. Does not proofread. And I, I tell you what, it does not matter. Even my dad started using emojis now. Even if I knew that there were some that contextually meant specific things, I would live with the emojis and trying to decipher those hieroglyphs. Versus trying to read through the caveman grunts and misspellings that he's, at this point, resolved himself to, to texting me. So I don't care what the study says about emojis. I have no doubt and will not hear any argument that incomplete sentences are the most annoying. It's already so difficult to pick up subtext and already so difficult to understand context and tone Without it, be, with it being complete sentences, with it being punctuated well and typed out correctly. Like, we're fu- like type it out. You're fine. You're an adult. It's good. Take the 30 extra seconds and type out a full freaking sentence so I know what's going on. I mean, you get the auto suggested spell check now anyway. There's not really an excuse not to. <sighs> I mean, Lord help us, though, if my dad does, say, does switch to emojis. Like, cause I, I don't know that I'll actually be able to figure his out. I don't know that he will. It's not break like family wise, but it, it, it's, it's rough. Like if I, there's like, look, you got to text better or I'm done. I'm done. I gotta be honest. And speaking of which, uh, how about a round of makeup or breakup? It's been a, a minute. I think that means relationships have gone well, right? Right. Good omen. My buddy who's visiting, who's never in a relationship, seven month relationship. So hopefully that's good omen for makeup or breakup where, uh, he's not liked by his exes, but does that actually mean anything to you in the relationship? AMs with AJ on VFX. Makeup or breakup? See if I can help here. The situation, I've been dating a guy for a few months that seems to be really great. I haven't seen anything bad except for a FaceTime call I overheard with him and his baby mama. He was outside a house and I happened to overhear his baby mama said the worst things about him, calling him a liar, a loser. And I thought, wow, she's not sound happy. And he said, yeah, she's insane and always thought the worst about me. I took his word for it and assumed that she is the problem. Then the other night we were out to dinner and while we are waiting for our food... A girl walks in. He immediately turns pale, hunches down, and says, oh, crap, that's my ex. I looked at the girl, expecting to see the baby mama. Wasn't her. So I said, that's your baby mama? He said, no, that's another ex. So we ended up slinking out of the restaurant without even getting our food, all so we can avoid confrontation with this other ex. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Either you track crazy girls, or maybe he's the problem. Would this be enough for you to move on before you become the next female that hates this guy? Okay, so not a lady. However, I feel like there's just not enough contextual information there. I'm not saying it's not possible. He's not the problem, right? He could be the one that is driving these women to the point that they like absolutely can't hate, but clearly you don't know what the story was with that other ex. Maybe that one wasn't even a hate one. Maybe that one is that she's just so hung up on him. He didn't want to be in that position where she just starts to try and smooth talk him over and that makes him super uncomfortable, but it's hard to tell, too, because it's tough to just judge the information based on X's. because, not more often than not, but semi-regularly, right, they're probably not going to be your biggest fans, so I would I would guess they probably don't have a ton of, of things to say that are nice about you, especially the closer you are to the breakup. With all that being said, no, I, I don't think you can break up on this. I think you have to find some more information. Now, that is a, that is a interesting subject it's a very delicate subject when it comes to talking about exes because i think a lot of people would rather obviously leave their mistakes and such in the back in the past however i do think that you have a right to at least a certain amount of information with the interactions you've had you know kind of gradually building up to the what what why why did we not want that ex to see us at the restaurant like what was the problem what was the story And with baby mama, same thing, kind of just like, what was the story? But in an argument, taking people saying their worst things, not really fair that the putting those as a baseline, like everybody gets emotional and probably gets a little bit too over the top on top of that. Not only did they not work out that first one, but also baby mama. So she's definitely not his biggest fan, but absolutely not. I do not think this is breakup. I think this is find out. This is exploration mode. It's a fact finding time. That's really what it is. Speaking of fact finding, nobody wants anxiety. So what's the one thing that you've discovered about yourself? You realize if this isn't clean, I'm be thinking about it all the time. Your life hack of the day is if you want to actually clean your house, invite company over. And if you find that you're inviting company over and that doesn't motivate you to at least clean up a little bit, I think that's the sign that you need to maybe get help and reevaluate a little bit. AM's with AJPFX Colts Gym Debate to date. Because Ashley and I keep setting this goal that we're gonna we're gonna maintain and do these chores week in and week out, and then it just gets easy to get away from them. But buddy's coming in town, all the motivation we need to finally get some of those chores done that we needed to. My question is a little bit of a crunch time because I got the day wrong. I actually thought he was coming yesterday. Thank goodness I texted him. Is what's the one thing that has to be clean? Like, what is it gives you stress or gives you anxiety if it's left unclean, especially if companies coming over? Because sometimes, maybe, maybe, just maybe, and this is not me being lazy, wink, but maybe, just maybe, you got to make some sacrifices and try and get the best of it clean. Uh, Caitlin's on the phone. What, what, what's the one thing for you? So, I hate when there's clutter on my coffee table, like, it doesn't matter <laughs> what's going on in the rest of the house, but if the coffee table is clean, I believe the house is clean. I just think it looks terrible if there's dirty cups, books, you oh, know, a yeah. hundred really? random remotes strewn across the center of your living oh. room. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. On the remote thing, where else are you supposed to put them? Like, the coffee table's the exact... It's the center spot where everybody... Look, I disagree wholeheartedly. Cups, yes, I agree with that. Bad news, Caitlin. Coffee tables are definitely the catch-alls in my house. Well, one of the catch-alls in my house because I don't have a dining room table. So that is the place, like, I come home, wallet, keys, whoosh, right there on the coffee table. That is 100% the catch-all, so that does not bother me. But, look, you, you're a little off-basis there, I think, with the remote as a whole. One thing, you have to have clean, otherwise it gives you anxiety. Uh, Jack, what is it for you? Yeah, so I can't relax if the kitchen sink. has a lot of things in it. I mean, a few small dishes, okay, okay. But if it has more than that, then it's time to clear it out. Like, no way am I letting that sit like that overnight. Man, this is making me feel like a slob, because, Jack, my kitchen, like, I, I'm with you. I, I'm glad that you're reasonable and like it, ha- not, it has to be empty. Because I watch those dishwasher commercials, right? And they're like, we run it every night. I'm like, really? You're going to run it for like four plates in one pot? Like, I, I ain't trying to pretend to be green or anything, but that seems like an absolute waste. Like, do you really need it that clean? My kitchen, the sink, though, we have the double sink. And so generally our rule of thumb, supposedly, is that when one side gets filled up, that's when it's time to do the dishes because we're not going to fill up both sides because we need a functioning sink in the kitchen. But it has been overdue for a second. I, it will get done because that to me, like if my, my friend came in and saw that, that would make me feel bad. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's bad. It's bad. But I think I tell you the number one thing that bugs me, I think it would, it would have to be the floor. And not all of the floor, cause there's like still junk strewn around my living room floor. But we got, there was just such stuff that could set down. I got clean up and it just, you should be able to walk, right? That is the one thing that bugs me and gives me anxiety. And as someone who doesn't follow my own rules and, like, we set stuff down all the time, that's the thing that gets me. I will tell you, I never understood two, two people, the people who pile stuff on their own beds and the people who leave stuff in their cars. And I don't mean just any stuff, like like food containers and stuff. Because the bad thing, like, you got to go there. So if you're just going to push it down, why not just find an area to catch all? I'm not like trying to explain away your laziness, but I understand why you put it on the bed. And as the car thing, like, actually, my buddy visiting used to be, I used to hate driving in his car because he'd have, like, it wouldn't have bowls. He would take, like, Tupperware containers. Apparently, he ate cereal in on the way to wherever he went is the only thing I could think of because he'd have them in there. There'd be cans and cups. And I'm like, like, this is gross. Like, I got some catch-all junk in the back of my car now. It's nothing that's going to rot and stink up the car. Those people never made any sense to me. You know, it's funny because actually that conversation came up uh, again during the after show and we're not quite done with that conversation. There might be some judging that happened, but before we get to that judging, how about one that you can feel totally okay with? And that is of course, Florida or not, where a dentist had quite the business scheme. And if you're a collector, you do not want to see rare coins go down a coin star machine. Collectively, we all agree, right? Maybe not out loud all the time, but like there are some criminals you should just absolutely be able to take a swing at, right? Ames with AJ on VFX. It's Florida. Not like my girlfriend was explaining the tender tender swindler last night to my buddy. And I was like, like that dude just needs to be hit with a, a pillowcase with bars of soap repeatedly because he doesn't even think he did anything wrong and now he's famous, even though he's absolute trash. And for those who don't know, just quick story, like he pretended to date people and then scammed them out of thousands of dollars because he was like, I'm part of a diamond family and I'm being attacked. Da, 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 da. Like that dude, you should just be able to open, like open hand slap constantly until maybe you just knock some sense into him, right? Because there's not quite to the same case, but for headline number one, a man stole a bunch of collectibles valued almost, I think, near half a million dollars from an old man. It included a rare coin uh, collection that was worth over 33 grand, took it to a coin star, 30 bucks. Like that dude, open palm slapped repeatedly. Oh my gosh, so much. If you're a collector, like in your soul, that hurts. And headline number two a dentist purposely cracked people's teeth so he could charge them more. What is this, Jeremy Jam for Parks and Rec? What? I mean, it's a a business plan. It is one. It's illegal, but it is a business plan. If you collect something, it is time to rise up and attack this man because he is an absolute monster for a lot of reasons, actually. Florida Not AMs with AJ on VFX. Story number one, a man broke into a house and stole over uh, $350,000 of valuable items from an old man who is retired. Included in that item, in those items, was $33,000 worth of rare presidential collectible coins. He took them to a coin store and they came out to about $30. And cops only caught him because they busted him for having uh, drug related charges. And he confessed to it. But please, for the love of all that is good, there's been not anything said, but love of all that is good, say, that uh, they were able to fish those out of the coin star, like charge the dude 30, 35 bucks max and give him his coins back because, oh my gosh. And you think they're rare and right. So they're pristine and you drop and then you hear the machine and you use it right. If you ever use it and you pick up the little tower right, they go, oh, and they, mm, it hurts my soul. It hurts my soul. Story number two a dentist was purposely cracking people's teeth. He's 61. Turned out he'd been doing it for years to have to be able to charge them more money. New owners would go through his records and things didn't add up. The dentist does about six crowns for every 100 patients they see. He was averaging 32 crowns per 100 patients. He lied and claimed there was an x-ray in their tooth. Then he used a drill to actually crack it take more x-rays, which then he submitted to the insurance. He billed more than $4.2 million over a course of three years just for installing crowns. Just for crowns. He's been bragging since 1986. Oh, what a monster. It's like Jeremy Jam on steroids from uh, the Parks and Rec. Evil people. Okay, so... Number two, story number two is we try to figure out which stories from Florida and which one's not, right? Because most dumb criminal stories are from Florida. Story number two has a dastardly evil plan to it, right? While it is 100% wrong, 100% illegal, nobody's encouraging it, saying it's okay. You can understand, right? There's a little bit of, I don't want to even say cleverness to it, but there's a plot to the point. Story number one is an absolute monster. He stole from a dude who was retired and then he took collectible coins to a coin star, I was never going to pick anything other than that because it's so stupid. He didn't even take him to a pawn shop just to see. Just to see. I mean, they had to be in, like, cases and stuff. That I didn't see. He's like, nah, whatever. Let's take him out of the case and click, clank. What do you got for me? So there was no way I was never going to go uh, with anything but store number one. And correct. good news that is actually from Florida. Story number two was in Wisconsin. Speaking of people need to be punched like, oh, you feel like you should purposely crack teeth? Open hand, swing! I'm like, ah, oh, I guess who needs some crowns now, huh, dentist? Florida not. Abe's with AJ on VFX. We're going to talk about keeping our sanity coming up. Before we get there, though, something that, of course, unravels my sanity week in and week out. But it is our responsibility to vote for ParkNarks. We're going to take a look at the nominees because tomorrow we find out who is the most annoying in all of Cache Valley. So if you haven't parked, do me a solid. Utah's VFX pinned at to the top of our Facebook page or Instagram. Either one works. They're there. Look at them. Vote i encourage occasionally the low road it is justified sometimes like with park narks. we've definitely had some people be like, look this jerk has been parking like this we want to get him and put him on blast and if he's parking like a jerk especially illegally put him on blast park narks aim with aj on vfx hell then you can also have a little bit of cath- a cathartic experience or re- cathartic release by voting for park narks and Justify that you're helping someone else maybe get a little bit taste of that. Nominee number one, what you're looking at. This blue truck just wants you to know that it's really proud of its back end. And hey, it's been doing truck thrusts or whatever, but it is parked in a stripy rectangle showing off in between two special needs spots. Or maybe it was just trying to blend in with the blues. I'm not totally sure. Maybe it thought there was some natural camouflage. Nominee number two, look at us facing the same direction. That is because the person is driving through the alleyway of a parking lot and this truck is taking up three spots parked completely sideways and you ain't supposed to do that. Now, if I may, it is Thursday. Now, my vote doesn't count. I'll, I'll tell you mine on uh, tomorrow, but always one of the great things about park narc voters is they always try and make sure that there is no wiggle room when they, before they finally cast their vote to try to do some understanding. If I was to give you the leeway that some of the voters have mentioned in the comments on Facebook and Instagram, number two does look like it is in the back of the parking lot. There's no doubt that number one is at the front of the parking lot, right? Because it's at the front of the store. So the question is, is it the less needed spots that warrant it? Because again, nominee number one is in that stripy rectangle. We've seen a lot of that. I don't know what happened in the pandemic that people are like, you know what? Life's too short. Stripy rectangles are where I go, but that's where we're at. Three spots, though, for nominee number number two, and not, like, not even close. Like It's at the end of the parking lot, too, so like it probably drove through the spots to get there. It didn't just work its way in. It purposely drove through other spots to get there. Utah's VFX, pinned to the top of our Facebook page, also on top of our Instagram. Vote for the one that annoys you most. You can also, on our social media, submit ParkNark nominees that you find, and we be happy to put them on blast for you. I put them on blast. I need to put myself on blast because I was talking to a friend the other day who is uh, in between jobs through uncontrollable circumstances. I just don't want you thinking they're a bum because they're not. But they're uh, in between jobs at the moment, and I was trying to give advice, and despite having been unemployed once myself, huge whiff. Huge, huge whiff. Because with that time on your hands, you got to stay productive, otherwise it gets away from you. So the question is, what kept you sane? While well, you're unemployed. I've normally considered myself a pretty good advice giver, but most recently I am just dropping the ball. I think I need to reevaluate that whole assessment of myself. Ams with AJ on VFX. A friend of mine is not currently working due to uncontrollable circumstances. I don't want you to think they're a bum. Like they deserve to get fired. Like, oh, AJ, stop trying to make excuses for your lazy friends. That, that's not the case. And so I was trying to give him some advice because you, you got a lot of time on your hands. And I hope in this job market, right, that they shouldn't it shouldn't be too quick. But I remember what it was like to be unemployed. And we're just not that far away from the pandemic where early on it was tough sledding for a lot of people. And I think it's really interesting to ask what is the thing that kept you sane? Because I think there's a little bit difference between like a hobby Or some extra time on your hands. When it's unemployed, I feel like it already goes into, you're kind of jettisoned into a not great place mentally. Because, like, you're unemployed, whether you were let go, fired, whatever it was. What is the thing that kept you sane? On the phone, uh, Kyle, Kyle, what was it for you? Uh, I mean, I know it's going to sound crazy, but what kept me sane was job searching. You know, it gave me the structure I needed. I got up at 7 a.m. every day, made some coffee, took a shower and from nine to five, look for jobs, apply for jobs. And then after five, I did whatever I wanted. I mean, it took me a while to land a new gig, but it still felt like I was working every day. I kudos to you. I, I was, I was going to say, honestly, I hated the job searching part. Like it felt arduous. Like I did it. Don't get me wrong because like early on you're like, I think for me early on, I was like, Oh, I got this time on my hands. I got unemployment approved. So this is okay. I'm going to be okay. And then early on, there's a couple promising prospects, and you're like, oh, okay. And then they don't happen. Be like, ah, it's a numbers game. But then so many places just don't, like, call you. But, like, you interview. Maybe you get a contact from someone, and you interview or whatever. And then, like, I had, for instance, a job that I interviewed for. They were telling me they were going to fly me down to Texas to have the last set of interviews. Never heard from him again. I was just called the secretary, which I did, left a message, hey, hey, let's set this up. Never heard from them again. But it's so obvious, like, hey, oh, we're really glad to hear from you. We'll let you know. Never hear from again. I hated the job search. But kudos to you for being able to structure it that way because then you stayed, uh, you didn't treat it like a vacation, honestly, and you kept it uh, so that you were already in that structured environment when you did get a job. So credit to Kyle. Also on the phone, Jenny, what was uh, your thing that kept you sane? I made sure that I signed up for an early-ish class at the gym on weekdays. Yes. It got me up and out of the house by 10 a.m. every day, which made me way less likely to sleep in and revert into my old night owl ways. Uh, it also made me way more productive because it gave me some structure. Again, kudos to you. The night owl thing, I definitely did. I, I was all hours of the day. But one of the things that – i the number one thing that kept me sane when I was unemployed, which was right before I came to Utah, I was unemployed before I took this job – uh was the gym. I signed up and I went from two, I was probably 255, 260. I signed up in June. And by the time I left for Utah in December, I was 217 is what I weighed, which, oh my gosh, please take me back to those days. But like, I don't want to be unemployed again but if i was i think i could potentially drop another 40 pounds all i'm saying all i'm saying it was an obsessive thing though i don't think it was super healthy i definitely got dizzy a couple times because i was just going so hard because i just was trying to do anything to focus and like getting out of the house and going and doing that was just music and gym music and gym and it was the best but no i don't want to be unemployed as much i want to lose weight i thought about it for a second i don't want to do it 435-787-0945, the number to call, 68255, the number to text, start your text with VFX anytime you want to be on the AJ uh, at the Ames with AJ show. Um, speaking of time on your hands, can we acknowledge nothing illegal, but Utah has some rules about, let's say, vices. And I'm curious, how good a friend are you if someone was to ask you to maybe Smuggle's definitely not the right word. I mean, it's appropriate, but it's not the right word. But to bring something from out of state in state, you'd be cool, right? Keep it in mind that the aims with AJ show policy is that stitches, snitches get stitches. How cool are you? Or how, how devoted are you to friends and or family? Agent Adam VFX, I just asked because... Utah has some special rules about, let's say, vices. Can we leave it at that? And nothing illegal. I want to be very clear. I ain't trying to get the police called down here at any. mm -mm, mm -mm. But, for one, like, you know what's going on? It's a tournament, right? I posted up the link. You still have time to enter in your bracket into the My Podcast one. It's on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. I like to bet on the games. It's actually traditions. Why my buddy Jeff is here. We get together every year. We've done it four straight years. We even got together in 2020, even though the tournament was canceled, just hung out anyway, four straight years. We've gotten together and we like to bet on the games, but in the state of Utah, you can't do that. So we go to Wendover like normal people do. And maybe just, maybe he has a betting app since he doesn't live in the state that he can use ahead of time. And I'm curious how many people are generally cool with uh, doing something like that, maybe just maybe, I don't know, maybe you like wine, right? Special occasions, whatever it is, you can't mail it here. You got to go pick your choices, but there's selection otherwise. So say you had someone running out to Idaho, which, I mean, let's be honest, everybody heads up for the border anyway to grab some stuff. So you are really kind of smuggle yourself a little bit. But like, say you wanted someone, somebody who's going out to California or to Oregon or Heck, across the country. Maybe you're going to wine country in Italy or whatever. Would you be cool bringing it home? Because my answer is unequivocally yes. Because at this point, I really can't say no because I've asked enough people to do it for me that I can't really go the other way. But yeah, oh, 100%. I would 100% bring it. What what do you want, wine? I mean, honestly, Ashton and I traveling international is just an excuse to kind of collect some of that stuff. Um, And for what it's worth... There are definitely people in her family that think we have a problem. But the thing is, if the collection grows, clearly we're not consuming it. Kind of gets to that point where at some point for special occasion stuff, yeah, you have a drink or whatever, but then it just kind of gets to that point where I feel like I'm starting to understand my mom who absolutely doesn't drink wine, but she buys some of the most expensive things to put in her very fancy wine rack that she has solely because she thinks it looks pretty. And there was a point in time in my life that hurt a lot, and now I'm like, well, you know, I kind of get it. We did get some rum in Mexico solely because the bottles were made out of hand-blown glass. And I was like, these are just cool. Have not opened them. Have not opened them, but they are cool as heck. So, we're all cool, though, right? Nobody, nobody, nobody can tattle on anybody. We, we, you know, it's friend You can trust them, right? That's what I thought. What you can't trust is those red flags. And while exclusively, 100%, through college, Red flag was assigned to get me to come over there, obviously, because that's how everything unfolded. What are the ones that stand out the most to you? Like the absolute warnings. We did make up a breakup. We talked about uh, yesterday, you know, kind of in, in the after show, more so than anything, a little bit of what you ju- judge people for. And we're going to get in that a little bit more this morning. But what is that red flag that just absolutely stands out to you? And you're like, no, absolutely not. One of the best things about good friends, especially ones you've had for a long time, is when you get together, you can kind of just fade back into some of those moments when you initially bonded. And ideally, right, you would be able to function in the moment. But like when my buddy Jeff comes, one of the things we'll inevitably do is tell some stupid stories from when we were in school and stuff. And I look forward to it every time. And inevitably, one of those stories or some of those stories will surround just terrible dating that we did through high school and college. AMS with AJ on VFX. And I was curious now that he has a lady. By the way, he kept that one hush hush, which red flag for a friend. Bro, we want to see your happiness. Be honest. I understand. I understand. Holding out until you thought it was something, but bro, we want to know. We wanna know. So, since I'm going to be knee deep in telling red flag stories, since that's what exclusively what I chase from the years of 17 to 25. What is the one red flag? that stands out to you that's just the immediate no-no, and unfortunately probably came from a little bit of experience having to learn it that way. But Britt, online, Britt, what is it for you? I'd say always be wary if a man tells you a lot of stories about negative things that happened that weren't his fault. And the more he points out that he takes no blame in something, the more likely it is that he caused it. And somewhere down the line, you're going to be the scapegoat for all the problems. I mean, for what it's worth, yeah, that's a, that's a trope, right? guys get away with a oh well she's crazy we're allowed to do that yeah yeah I mean I look I'm not saying you're not right I'm just saying I think in general if in relationships I think one of the more valuable lessons I ever learned was to evaluate your half regardless if someone was like a cheat or something terrible there's I think things you can look at from your side regardless and be able to evaluate and be like okay what did what could I have done better because more often than not relationships are just lost on stupid stuff and so evaluating that as opposed to just writing everything off and being like they were nuts right because one of the other things is coming out of a breakup like on that same thing right not taking any blame i think one of the things is generally my policy is the one that's like the loudest i feel like is the one that's always trying to create a narrative that doesn't exist so i think right along with that because they're like oh no this and this and this quote and all that and you're like oh man that sucks for them and you're like Wait, they're kind of being up front, like overly up front with it. That seems suspicious. Andrew online, Andrew, number one red flag. When they are way too full of themselves, every girl that I've dated who was into themselves always ended up cheating and expected to be taken back due to their looks. Okay. With all due respect. Again, I did on the first one, I did on this one Both ways? Both ways, because like you're like a full of stuff, like, all right, okay, there's definitely a line crossed between confidence or not, but uh, sure, but I I mean, both ways, man, definitely both ways on that. And I'm sorry, by the way, that sucks, but nobody, nobody's happy that Andrew got cheated on, but both ways, I mean, and that's to, to be honest, going back to what I said to Britt, like, part of the evaluation. You know, maybe just maybe there's a common trait, Andrew, that you're kind of missing along the way. There's that's leading you to kind of fall for s- similar people. So I'm not saying you're doing anything, Andrew. I definitely don't want to say that, with all due respect. But you kind of find yourself in the same situation over and over again. There's one thing, right? There's one common denominator. So, just saying the shallow thing though. i one of my favorite arguments I ever got into. I was not. I was dating at the time, but I wasn't seeing anyone. And my buddy is in a serious relationship. And I was talking to another friend uh, at his house, like we were. Him and his girlfriend lived together, and I we was talking to another friend with him. And I said, "Yeah, looks are important. Like, looks are a huge factor in dating." And his girlfriend immediately went, "Oh, that's shallow." And I said, "No, no, 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 no. Admitting that you have to be attracted to someone is not shallow. Like, that is a part of dating. You have, like attraction is part of it. But when you, it's when you do things solely because of the attractive level, or maybe overlook certain things because of the attractive. Now you're trending into shallow." Right? So just to be clear, but whew, red flag, actually, if I can ask you along these same lines, is there something you might judge someone for cleanliness wise? That would have to be up there, right? If it's a slob, I don't think is high on the list of things that people are looking for in a partner. What about if they're uh, maybe not having a good time and getting McDonald's in the uh, beginning of the day, that crisis mode, two questions that have come up <laughs> recently that we will get into both for the debate today yesterday's question was what is something you have to clean or has to be cleaned to lower your level of anxiety? So we got into that for the after show. as with AJ. It's the Gold's Gym Debated 8 on VFX. Me, Producer Butters, and Meemaw. And as we were discussing it, Produ- Producer Butters likes cleanliness. He-, he, f- he goes through stretches where he'll really freak out about it. So I was expecting him to be funny, and he was. But in doing so, I was talking about the two messes that I've encountered in my life that make no sense to me. And that got us somewhere else. The other one I didn't get is people who leave like containers and stuff in their car. Like I don't like I've got a bunch of crap in my car, but like I my buddy in listen. Sometimes your back hurts, okay? I judged her so hard the other day. I was like producer butters judged me okay listen okay my back has been hurting and i do a lot of things and then i guess i forgot i put my water containers because i was gonna fill i was gonna go to the store and fill them up right because you have to have filtered water and then i forgot that underneath it i had left trash but i did bring i had brought a bag so you know my intention was to clean my car it was it was pretty it bad. Was it was not bad. just one or two. It was, listen, <laughs> listen, I get busy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so producer Butters admitted, for me, Ma, he is judging her when he rode in her car the other day. And the story was that the the container's sticking to me. My buddy, I took a ride in his car when we were in college once, and I looked at his backseat, and he had newspapers everywhere, which kind of threw me for a loop, because even like 12 years ago, I was like, newspapers kind of kind of weird you got that many of them, but he had a Tupperware container with a spoon in it and what looked like the remnants of Rice Krispies. And I was like, when do you have time to eat cereal in your car? And I was immediately judging him in that moment. So for the poll of the day and on our Facebook page, the question was, what's something house car that you would judge people for if it was messy? Dana said, my car, it's not that bad. I want to clean it. I lack the motivation from the cold weather. Hard same. Feel that. Feel that a lot. There's something about the, the nicer weather, They get the car washed, get the vacuum going, all that, right? Well, uh, and to be clear, I'm not talking about, like, stuff. Like, I got crap in the back of my car. It's not stuff that's going to rot or make the car stink or all that. It's just random, like, catch-all stuff. Uh, that I would not judge as much unless you just couldn't sit people down in a car. I can fit three. If I needed to fit four and they judged me for it, I would totally understand. Tiffany on our Facebook page said, not checking the background of pictures on social media. We all have messes and that's fine, but don't advertise them to the general public while showing your dinner, which I probably didn't need to see anyway. (laughs) Um, I I feel this a little bit, just ouch in my TikTok videos. I definitely feel that. Also, Tiffany said, in person, a dirty toilet is nasty. Bought an automatic toilet bowl cleaner. So helpful. I never get caught unprepared for a surprise guest. And yes, with my buddy visiting, uh, there was a lot of things we had to get done. It was finally the motivation for me and my girlfriend to clean our apartment. But I will say that the bathroom and specifically the toilet were top of the list to make sure to get scrubbed so that nobody judges for it. So Tiffany, I'm 100% with you. What is something you see that's messy you're going to judge people for? Clothes on the bed was another one of mine. Like, put them literally... Like, I'm not organizing my clothes, but put them anywhere else. Why the bed? You're going to sleep there. While we are judging, would you potentially judge maybe a meal choice someone made that they may just maybe be needing a little bit of help, maybe a little bit of advice, or just to reach out to them? Fortunately, my same friend that's unemployed uh, made a meal choice the other day and thought, oh... This just doesn't make me feel great. They couldn't stop themselves, but it, they were beating themselves up all at the same time. I don't think it was that bad. Maybe I'm crazy. Your role as a friend is sometimes to watch out for your friends to protect your friends against your friends. In all reality, as confusing that is, you got to look out for them against themselves. AM's with AJ on VFX. It's the Coles Gym debate date, I would say, though, that my friend brought this one to my attention more so than I noticed it. My friend who's unemployed wallowing in a little bit of anxiety and depression the other day. And you try and talk them through it. And they ended up going to uh, McDonald's for breakfast to get McNuggets and a milkshake and thought, ah, this is a low point. They actually said that comment. And I thought, do I think there's a crisis meal out there? Like something where you'd watch somebody eat and you go, okay, mental note, make sure they're doing all right. I definitely think there is. I don't think it's that. Like, McNuggets... (laughs) Chicken nuggets in general are amazing. And milkshake... uh, uh, Ice cream is soul food. At 10.30 in the morning is a smidge early, but I'm not a huge breakfast person, so I'm good with it. What I thought the crisis food would be is I think when there's just not a meal at all. Like... Not necessarily you'd sit down and eat a bag of chips at nine in the morning, but like something along those lines might make me raise a few questions. Like either you are not feeling well or you have just given up for a moment here. And let's, let's talk about this, but food in general, like do what post pandemic, like do what you want. Eat what you want. Be happy. There's clearly a lot of crap going on that we're just out of our control. That's going to make us miserable. The thing though, Tell me if I'm wrong, 68255 is the number to text, start your text with VFX. Whenever I think of someone who's struggling and like just in a moment, like we're talking earlier about what was the thing that kept you sane while you were unemployed, it's always the bathrobe. It is 100% the bathrobe for every time I see someone who's just not doing well and kind of just like even unemployed and just kind of give it up for a month. It's a bathrobe. Every time it's a bathrobe. I do not think there's a way to wear a bathrobe and for me to not be like, ooh, rough, huh, buddy? Just not going so well. Am I wrong? Like it's bad. I I own one. Not only do I own one. It is a Slytherin one. It is a... Harry Potter bathrobe, my mom bought me. Have I worn it? Unironically, never. I have never unironically worn it. And I don't think that I ever will. Because I I don't see the point. Like dry off, I'm dry, put my clothes on, whatever I'm wearing, good to go. There's no, there's no like sit down in bathrobe and just sit there in, in a in a wet towel. It just doesn't appeal to me. But also, again, there's no way for me to look at someone not unironically wearing a bathrobe and be like, all right, we gotta go talk to them. They're not doing so hot. If I'm wrong, text me, 68255, the number to text, start your text with VFX. You wear a bathrobe and you aren't, and you are just, you know, doing fine. I want to hear from you because I just don't believe it's possible. I really don't. Not food, but if there is something you could eat that wouldn't signify a crisis, I think a no brainer is trash. And apparently, according to a recent survey, there, the number of people who have eaten food out of the trash is not zero. I think the pandemic just continued to make us more and more comfortable with, to be honest, filth, hims <laughs> with AJ on VFX, a recent poll said that one in five people have eaten food out of the trash. And while that doesn't necessarily mean that you just went in, and were like elbow deep and pulled whatever out, out generally means like maybe you like went to throw something away and decided, no, 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 it's perfectly fine I'm going to eat it. And that's the number one reason. The reason for the people, the one in five that have eaten out of the trash is that they said it looked perfectly fine, which to me is in track or on track because it's the same thing as five second rule. Like it looks perfectly fine is the same thing as five second rule. It's good. Therefore, there's no germs. Totally good. Now, as critical as I'm being to start with, I do not believe that i've ever eaten anything out of the trash however knowing me i'm not saying i would have ruled it out i can't think of a story now which just means i probably repressed it in all honesty because of sheer embarrassment <laughs> but i i i can't really give these people too much crap because like 5 second rule like our, our carpet at any given time is generally kind of gross but if i drop something on it unless it's wet that's that's going in the trash. But if it's not like it's not going to pick up necessarily anything visual right away, just and good to go. I do it all the time and not strangers, obviously. Like I've known producer butters for a, a long time and he, he would not go the other way in terms of eating my food because he's he kind of got a thing for germs. He likes cleanliness, but I would eat friends food like it doesn't bug me. I don't care. I'd do it all the time. My buddy's in town now, like we have some, we bought, we got some pizza last night. If he, for whatever reason, doesn't finish pizza and I'm still hungry, like, hand it over. I will 100% eat it because in some capacity germs don't bother me. So the eating out of the trash is critical as I want to be about it. I know myself well enough to be like, well, and then there's the other differences we can all admit. While we maybe first pictured like dumpster diving or maybe your disgusting work trash because here nobody ever cleans out of the fridge, so that trash gets filled up quickly and it's disgusting. Your home trash advantage is a little bit different. You know what's in there or where it's come from, and that provides a certain level of comfort. And I'm not making an argument, kids, families everywhere, to go eat out of the trash. All I'm saying is, to a certain extent, I get it. And if I'm nuts, well, let's put these two against each other. So a new health trend would suggest that one of your pet's cleaning products is something that you should drink. Tell you what that is, but just think to yourself, would you rather drink some kind of cleaning product meant for an animal or eat some trash that you know where it's been in your own home? Food, obviously, not actual trash. Uh, Trash not looking so bad now, is it? You know, it took me a second to figure it out, but uh, there is. A uh, crisis meal from the debated eight. It's not going to get fast food and getting the lunch stuff during breakfast time. It's not ice cream in the morning. It might not be trash. I can certainly understand if you're. Ah, uh, you know what? That donut actually is. I'm gonna take that back. It might not be trash, but it sure hell. as hell is anyone that starts a sentence with "Hey, I saw this health trend on TikTok and we should eat slash drink this." All of a sudden. Bing! Red flag up. AMs with AJ on VFX. So, the question was, you're like, ah, no, 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 I'm not going to eat trash, AJ. I've never done that. Once it goes into that receptacle, it's garbage. Would you rather do that? Or the new health and fitness trend of which, quote, influencers are telling people to drink fish tank cleaner because there's a chemical in it called methylene blue, which helps your mind and body stay young. However, unsurprisingly, yet again, from one of these trends, doctors say, um, about that, it's dangerous. And if you take certain medications, especially like antidepressants, it can kill you. But I don't know how some people look on the internet and they go, oh, people on the internet are doing that? Cool. And people post their blue tongues because apparently it turns your tongue a bright blue color. So yet again, if I hear, oh, I went on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, and I saw an influencer say, we should eat slash drink this too. Nope. My brain is already checked out. He's going to like, self-preservation. I'm just going to block this out now. I'm just going to hide in my shell. I'm retreating right now, and you can't get me. That would be the crisis meal. I found it. It took me a second, but I 100% found it. And these things ideally are smaller It's just a few idiots do something stupid and it becomes bigger because everybody talks about it like me. But I'm still blown away that someone could convince someone else. Hey, you know that cleaner you use for your fishbowl to get that crud and the calcium, all the stuff on the side? You know what? Here's a shot of it. Why not? How? And that is the crisis. We came all the way around and we found it. So good news. All of us, we're doing okay. You know, it's ironic that I was just talking about uh, how important it is. Sorry, off off air. Talking about how important it is to have the right kind of circle. Like, don't get me wrong. You should definitely have people that are comfortable and you have the right kind of trust. They can tell you, be like, hey, you're a jerk. But also, you know, obviously a supportive group, how important that is. Because my Facebook roulette, VFX Facebook roulette, I land on Susan, and it's my ex. I want you back. Me. The group chat said no. Which... Everyone, maybe, maybe should think about, I honestly, I think this is more a girl thing. Like guys, I think will say something and guys are much, I don't want to say much meaner. I think there's both different levels of mean, but guy, guy friends will be like, Oh, you idiot, whatever. And guys will just completely disregard that girls. I think will 100% listen to the group chat. Not to say one way's wrong or one way's not, but it's probably a good idea to consult the opinions or whatever. As long as you have a good circle comes full circle. AJ Knight on Facebook. Your friends with me could be your post. I choose to land on and make the one that needs to go on face uh, VFX's Facebook page. The AJ Knight across all social media. Find Nadmi, me. save for Utah's VFX on the Facebook page is the link to get in the bracket challenge doing for my podcast. There's just a smidge of time left to still get entered in as games start today. So if you're listening and you're not at work today, kudos. I'm jealous. But if you wanted to do that, you can do so. Have fun. Get shouted out. All that. Otherwise, uh, good luck on your brackets. If you are at work, I hope they did something for you, because I think I talked here and to get in some food as we normally do, and having the games on because it's two of today and tomorrow are two of the most unproductive days in an entire work here. But good luck with your brackets. Uh, uh, if you need to find the podcast, Utah's VFX, same as all the social media, anywhere podcasts are. And until tomorrow morning for AMs with AJ, don't do anything I wouldn't do, and thanks for listening to VFX.